There's some awesome people in this church. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. Well, if you unplug Christmas, I know you've thought about that at times. If you unplug it, and if you unwrap it, and if you decommercialize it, and keep peeling it back until you get to the, to the, to the very, very heart, the very core of Christmas, it is all about a gift. All of the gift-giving of Christmas can be traced back to one specific gift-giving act. Now, one of the first books of the New Testament is the book of, of John. And John was a very close disciple of Jesus. And John records for us a conversation that Jesus was having with a well-known religious leader uh, named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was searching for answers. And Nicodemus was, was finding that religion by itself is empty. It's unfilling. And he was searching for more, something deeper. John tells us that Nick came to Jesus at night, perhaps to have a, a private conversation where, where no one would, would be able to see. And Nick tries to uh, get the conversation going with some, some small talk. This is John chapter 3. But Jesus sees his heart immediately, and Jesus moves the conversation very quickly from, from small talk to uh, talk about eternity. And we get to pull up a chair on this conversation and listen in as Jesus explains to Nicodemus that it's possible for someone to, to be reborn, spiritually speaking, to have a fresh start with God. And so in this conversation in John chapter 3, Jesus unwraps religion and he, and he peels back through, through all the layers of Nicodemus's life, all of his walls and all of his barriers and all, the, all, all of those things to, and brings him to a place where Nicodemus can clearly see who God is. Now Nicodemus is a Jewish Pharisee. That means he knows his Old Testament inside and out. He's got several large portions of the Old Testament memorized by heart. He knows laws and rules and commandments. He's a well-educated, highly regarded uh, religious leader in his community. And yet, and yet, with all of those things, Nicodemus knows that there's, there's something missing in his life. He has rules, he has ritual, and he has religion, but he doesn't have relationship. There's something missing in his life. And so to, to help him see what's missing, to help him see that, that he's missing the relationship side of things, to, to, to turn on the lights, so to speak, in Nicodemus's life, so that he can see Jesus clearer than ever before, and to, and to help him see his need of a savior, Jesus tells Nicodemus this verse, it's John chapter three, verse 16, where Jesus says to him, this is how God loved the world. He gave. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And there it is. There is the, the heart, the very core of Christmas. See, when you unplug Christmas, when you unwrap it and, and decommercialize it and get to the very heart of Christmas, God is a gift-giving God. He's a gift-giving God. God is not out to get you. He's out to gift you. He's got something for you. So when you unwrap Christmas, you unveil Jesus. When you peel it back, unplug it, decommercialize it, 
and get back to the very, very core. If you unwrap Christmas, you'll see Jesus. You'll unveil Jesus. Christmas without Christ is just a mess. Can I get an amen? All right. If you clap long enough, I can have a drink. If there's someone in your life who you love more than anyone else, and we gave you an unlimited budget, okay? Someone who you love more than anyone else, and we gave you an unlimited budget, you would find some pretty cool ways to show them your love. Let's just pretend for, it's me. Pretend for a moment that you love your pastor. Play, play along and pretend Starbucks is coming. That's going to be a part of it. You know me well. That's good. That's good. It, poor, you know me really well. Okay, okay, well, this is my sermon. Let me preach it, okay? <laughs> Pretend for a moment that you love your pastor and you had an unlimited budget. You would buy me a Porsche in Florida with its own Starbucks franchise, a hammock, and a shower. That's it. And I'm set for life. That's all I need. That's it. That, I'd, be set for, I'd be set for life. Now, if you could be on the other end of that deal, okay? Let's turn it around. And someone that someone that you love, who loves you, was given an unlimited budget to spend on you, what would you want? Uh, you're, you're way more spiritual than me. You probably want to like fix world hunger and patch the ozone. You know, that's probably what you want to do. But, but for me, those, those other things. And it's hard to outdo yourself each year at Christmas, right? Like, if last year you found the perfect, perfect, perfect gift, what do you do this year? Like, how do you, how do you top that? Um, what do you get the person who has everything? How do you find something that's not going to lose its luster in a, in a couple of weeks? I find that, that things that look really, really cool at the mall don't look the same when I get them home. Like, the mall has lighting that you don't have, right? It's got, it's got atmosphere that, that you don't have, and you get that thing home, and you're like, well, this looked really cool half an hour ago, but, you know, I don't know. You, I, just me. You can spend a lot of money on your, on your kids, and after lunch on Christmas Day, you'll find them making forts out of the boxes. They'll be using the empty boxes. Don't throw that away, you know? And they'll be playing with blankets and boxes for the rest of the afternoon. Uh, Kijiji will be stuffed in January and February with gifts that lost their luster or gifts that people couldn't, couldn't afford in the first place. And what if, uh, what if the, the amount that you spend is an indication of how much you care? Like, where do you go with that? Like, where does, where does that end if, if, if the value of the gift is an indication of how much you care? What if there was a gift that you only had to receive once, and the longer you had the gift, the more valuable it was to you? And see, God gave us one gift for all time, the gift to end all gifts. There would never be another gift. And nothing could ever top this gift. He gave us his one and only son. Now another book early on in the New Testament is the book of Luke. And when Luke sits down to capture the life and ministry of Jesus, he wants us to know right from the very beginning that he's been, he's been careful to record only the facts, the factual details that can be tested against eyewitnesses and um, people who were there. Luke's letter, or, or the Gospel of Luke as we call it, is in our Bible today because in the first century, people could not refute what Luke said. When they, when they, when they 
when they read what Luke said, when the eyewitnesses read it, they were like, dude, you nailed it. That's exactly how it happened, and so that's why we still have the story. So look at how the book of Luke begins in Luke chapter 1. Luke says, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus. I just like saying that, most honorable Theophilus, whatever. So you can be certain of the truth. So you can be certain, certain of the truth of everything that you were taught. In the second chapter of Luke, Luke tells us about one starry night when God showed up unexpectedly to an average group of shepherds and their lives would never be the same again. So here's our text this morning, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. If the Savior of the world was going to be born in Moncton, and we could choose how people first heard about it, we would, go to, we would, we would put on the, the most pomp and schmooze that we could possibly put on. Like we, would send, we wouldn't send the angels to a field somewhere, we would send the angels to City Hall, right? And we would make sure that the premier was there, and the mayor was there, and the counselors were there, and Wild Willie from the, from the Wildcats was there, right? All the important people in the city of Moncton. And we'd all be, be you know, waiting there in tuxedos, passing around fancy trays of hors d'oeuvres that no one likes. But because we're trying to act important and sophisticated, we would stick out our pinky and say, Mmm, even though this tastes like cardboard pulled from the Bay of Fundy. Those fancy hors d'oeuvres never taste like anything. Shepherds were, were marginalized at best and probably outcast. They were kept on the fringe of society, dirty, untrusted, unclean from handling dead animals. And it was not a well-respected profession. In fact, one of the ways we know that Luke was recording the facts as they happened, is because if, if we were writing this, we might be tempted to scratch out the shepherd part. We might be tempted to, to make this sound a whole lot better than that. Like, surely we can find someone better than, than, a, than a dirty group of shepherds for the angels to be, to be 
you know, arriving to and, and sharing this news with. But Luke keeps it in there because it was the truth. God comes to the least of these to show us that his grace is like water. It flows to the lowest point. He came so that outsiders could become insiders. And angels starting with shepherds is, is one indication that, that from this point on, from the birth of Jesus on, that everything is changing. Everyone is going to be equal under God's grace. The coming of Jesus marks a new day when regardless of who you are or where you've been or what you have done, regardless of what labels that others have put on you, God loves you and God accepts you just as you are. Verse 9 says, suddenly, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. A sudden unexpected glimpse of the glory of God. And that's my wish list for every person in this room this morning. That you would get a sudden unexpected glimpse of the glory of God. That you would get a glimpse of just how much God loves you. For some, maybe you came in here this morning not really expecting to, to hear from God or not expecting to, to see God. And maybe you're just here because uh, somebody invited you and you just you know, want to you know, not upset them and be polite or something like that. Maybe you're not really expecting, but maybe God would, would do something unexpected in your life. Maybe God would, would suddenly break through everything this morning and, you'd, and, and you would see him. You'd catch a glimpse of God like never before. Maybe you're here in the Christmas season without the Christmas reason. And you've never accepted God's gift to you, Jesus. My wish for all of us this morning in this room is that God would break in on us suddenly and let us see the radiance of his glory. In verse 10, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Coming to grips with who God is and what God wants to do in your life can be a frightening thing. And, and like the shepherds, you, this morning you might be thinking, what does this all mean? What will God ask me to do? How will this change my life? What will others think about this? And there are several things that unfold in this story that, that transform these shepherds from ordinary dudes on an ordinary night, going through their routine, knee-deep in sheep, to dropping everything and, 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 and running to go and find the child. And so you have the message of the angel. And, and then we've got the promise of a sign that the angel gives them. And then the, the angel gives them clear directions. And then there's another miracle on top of that one. Where this, the, the armies of heaven form a choir in the sky. And so let's unwrap a few of these gifts here in the next few minutes. And see how they apply to us. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. In one sentence, just those three phrases of that one sentence, the angel pretty much sums up the whole mission of Jesus. The angel says he's good news of great joy for all people. And that last point, all people, uh, made obvious by a dusty group of shepherds, marginalized shepherds, getting an insider's invitation to be one of the very first to see God in the flesh. Well, the first one that the angel said, he says, Jesus is good news. Remember that verse that we shared earlier, John 3, 16, that, that everyone who believes in him would not perish, 
would, but would receive eternal life. This is, this is what we mean when we use the word salvation. Or as Jesus told Nicodemus, being born again. Maybe you've heard that, that, that expression, to be born again. What, is that, what does that mean? It means that God has come to save us from our sins. Because we're all broken. We all, you come into this world broken. We're born separated from God because of our sin. This is why you don't need to teach your kids how to throw a fit and lay on the floor of Toys R Us and kick and scream like you just filled their shorts full of live lobsters. <laughs> We're broken. Jesus came to lay his life down as the bridge between us and God, and he comes with grace and love and mercy and forgiveness. He's good news. And if we believe in him, yeah, he's good news. And if we, if we believe in him and if we receive him if we invite him into our lives the bible says that he will make us whiter than snow just as if we had never sinned and when you do that when you when you make that decision to to believe in him and to receive him it's like crossing a line of faith and in that moment your decision in that moment god fills your life with the holy spirit and, he, and the promise is that his Holy Spirit will be with you as a guide, as a helper, as a, as a comforter, as a teacher. The Holy Spirit helps us to follow Jesus. And, he, and the Holy Spirit helps us to serve Jesus Christ with our lives. There is no better news than eternal life through Jesus Christ, through the forgiveness of your sins. That, that you'll never hear better news than, than grace. There's no better news than that. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You don't get it by attending church. You don't get it even by doing good deeds. You can only receive this gift by faith, by trusting in Jesus and trusting him to be the Lord of your life. So the angel said, it's good news. And the angel said, salvation brings great joy. Where are your teeth? Does anybody else have teeth this morning? Anybody brush their teeth? Where are you? All right, like four of you. That's great. I'm feeling it. This is one of the reasons why here at Moncton Westland, we like to cheer when someone accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We think it's a big deal. We think it's something to celebrate and cheer about and, yeah, and get excited about because there should be joy in that, in that decision. Why? Because if you, if you make this decision this morning, it's not like, like your life just got a little bit better. It's not like you're getting marginally improved you're not getting a facelift this is we're not talking about a nip and a tuck you're not a sick person who needed to be made better the bible says that without jesus christ we are we are flat dead in our sins and when you come to him when you believe in him when you accept him it's like a dead person being brought back to life that's reason for great joy in jesus christ <laughs> receiving new life and, and beating death is reason for joy. Now, someday your body will expire, but don't be fooled because in that moment, in that moment, you'll be in, in, in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's what we mean. Now, Christians, Christians, newsflash this morning, Christians are supposed to be filled with joy. All right? They're supposed to be filled with, with joy. Okay? You can't, you can't, you can't separate this. The church should be filled with joy. Now, you don't have to be ecstatic all the time. In fact, it'd be a little creepy if every time people walked in here, they're like, hey, Pastor Tim, 
I got the joy. Like, you don't have to be creepy and weird <laughs> and ecstatic all the time. And I know that life can be hard. Life can be hard. Okay? And some of you are in that right now. That life can be hard. I get it. But deep down, deep, deep, deep down, as a follower of Jesus, the joy of the Lord should be your strength. It, it's, it's, a, it's a hope, and it's, it's a promise, and it's knowing that God is for you when the whole world, it seems, is against you. It's knowing deep down that his promises never fail, even if you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, Jesus is your light and Jesus is your joy and you can trust him and joy comes from the, the peace of following Jesus and love and knowing that, you're, knowing that you're, your soul, joy comes from knowing that your soul has been power washed, power washed by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And so if you have the joy of the Lord, don't forget to tell your face, okay? Don't forget. So the angel says, it's good news of great joy and it's for all people. God sending a band of angels to scare a group of shepherds out of their wool socks is a clear indicator that salvation through Jesus Christ is for all people. It's not for religious people. It's not for wealthy people. It's not for good people. It's not just for the highly regarded or the highly respected. There is a Jesus, the birth of Jesus Christ says that there is a new door to God the Father. And anyone who knocks on that door, it will be open to them. If you seek him, you will find him. And that was true on the very first night in Bethlehem. And it was true throughout Jesus' ministry as he would boldly go where no rabbi before him would go. And if, you, if you're here this morning and you haven't yet made a decision to accept and follow Jesus, you are part of the all that the angel was talking about. He said, it's good news of great joy for all people. And if you're here and you've not yet ever crossed that line of faith to believe and receive in Jesus Christ, you're part of the all and you're invited to come to Jesus this morning. Now that's, that's the message of the angel. And then in verse 12, we get the, the promise of the sign. The angel says, you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And I think there are signs all around us that God loves us. Every newborn baby, every newborn baby is, is a miracle. It's a sign from God. And then you don't sleep for three months, and then you're looking for a return label on it. <laughs> but God fills our lives with miracles of life and hope and glimpses of heaven. And we either don't see them or we don't want to see them or we just pass them off as coincidence. So that was, that was weird. Coincidence. The fact that you are here this morning, talk about signs. The fact that you are here this morning, hearing this message, having an opportunity to, to believe and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just the fact that you are here right now is another sign. It's another way of God saying to you, just look at how much I love you. I got you in the right place at the right time so you could hear the good news of how much I love you on this Christmas Sunday. 
The angel was clear with the shepherds, very clear. He said, go to Bethlehem, there's a baby, the one wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, those are clear directions. And then just in case that you're not clear, because it was talking to a group of men, just in case you're not really, really clear about these directions, just to get them to, to drop their sticks and pull up their robes and run, right? There's this, another miracle, and there's this angel choir that breaks through the skies, singing glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. You can't miss them. That's what the angel's saying, saying you can't miss them. Like if you're looking for God, and if you really want to find God, you can find him. He's not that hard to find. You can't miss him. God wants you to see Jesus. God wants you to recognize Jesus. And if you go through life and you miss Jesus, you've missed the whole point. So Luke says that they hurried to Bethlehem. I picture these guys running. And they run into Bethlehem and they find the Holy Family. And they saw the baby with their own eyes. And then after they, they, they had this encounter with Jesus Christ, uh, Luke says, these guys told everyone. They just, they just couldn't keep it into themselves. You picture them being filled with joy. And they just, they just couldn't. Everybody that came to them said, you won't believe what happened. You, you won't believe what happened to us and, and what we saw. You see, when you have a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus, you want to tell others. You want to invite others. You, 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 it just spills out of you. You can't keep it in. You want to tell others about your encounter with Jesus Christ. You want everyone else to experience the same things that you have experienced. And so all the shepherds, they were so excited that they brought all their friends to Hub City Christmas. And all, Luke says, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. They're all like, no way. You know, like they were astonished. Like this is, this is crazy. And then the shepherds go back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen. They, they go back to their routine, back to their jobs. Monday morning, Changed changed because of their experience with Jesus Christ. You see, everything takes on new meaning after Jesus. He changes everything. And so God unwrapped Christmas for these shepherds, and he tore away all the clutter and all the distractions that were keeping them from knowing who God is. When you unwrap Christmas, you unveil Jesus. He's in there. And if you want to see him, if you want to see Jesus this morning, God has led you to a place today where you can see Jesus for yourself and believe, and not just, not just believe like a head knowledge, yeah, it might be true or it could be true, or, but, but not just to believe, but to receive him into your life. And like the shepherds, you'll never be the same again. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you this morning for your word that speaks to us and your spirit that is here, the Holy Spirit of God that is here in this room right now. And Lord, I totally, totally believe that you have brought the right people into this room for the right time so that, so that people here this morning could get a glimpse of your glory, they could get a glimpse of Jesus, that they could see you like never before. And so God, I just pray that, 
that your, your presence would, would help many in this room this morning to unwrap Christmas, to peel it back, to get to the very, the very core. What is it about? It's about God, the creator of us all, the creator of everything, sending his son, his one and only son, giving us his son as a gift that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so God, be with us in the next few moments of this service as we surrender to you. And I pray that you would help uh, many of our friends and family who are here today to take the, the most important step, the most important decision of their lives to decide today to believe and receive and follow Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Deciding to follow Jesus is the most important decision of your life. Wouldn't it be cool if every time, if every time you made a great decision, there was a crowd of people there to, to applaud you? Um, for me, like if I, if I ordered salad at a restaurant instead of fries, and the whole restaurant stood up and said, good job, good job. And it wouldn't happen to me very often. <laughs> but wouldn't it be cool if every time you made a great decision, people were there to cheer you on? And this morning, that's what we're going to do. It's going to be an opportunity here in the next minute or so to make a decision for Jesus. And there's a great crowd of people here who are ready to, to cheer you on and, and applaud your decision to follow Jesus. The Bible tells us that heaven rejoices when just one person chooses Jesus. And so we're going to act like angels this morning. And if someone uh, makes that decision to come to Christ, we're going to cheer for you. We're going to cheer you on. And, uh, and we, just want, we just want you to have a good start. You'll never forget the Christmas Sunday morning at Moncton Wesleyan when you stood to your feet to follow Jesus Christ as your Savior. And the entire congregation applauded and cheered you on. It's a little bold. That's, that's a pretty bold ask. But I believe if you stand for Jesus now, there, there, there's something in that, in that bold act that'll help you stand for Jesus for the rest of your life. And it makes it that much more memorable and, and possibly even meaningful. So if God has been speaking to you this morning, and this is your time, this is your day, to meet Jesus and to accept him into your life, I'm going to invite you to do something very bold right now. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet, and the congregation will cheer for you, and then I'll lead you in a prayer. And there's nothing extra special about my prayer. What's, what's, what's important, what's special, is the decision that you're making in, in your heart and life to choose to follow Jesus as your Savior. And so if that's you this morning, and God's been speaking to you, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, saying this is your day, I invite you right now to stand to your feet, and it'll be our privilege to, to cheer for you and applaud. Is there anyone? Hey. That's great. God bless you. That's great. God bless you. All right, is there anyone else who'd like to stand to their feet this morning?
the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Who will you serve? Congratulations up there in the balcony. That's awesome. Anyone else? Right over here. God bless you. <laughs> Good for you. Congratulations. That's thrilling. That's thrilling. people think well if he, if he pauses and waits and asks one more time I'll know it's for me that happens quite a bit hey wow exciting whatever's in the oven God will send angels to keep it from burning so we could stay here we can stay here all day anyone else those of you who stood to your feet this morning I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer and again, what's, what's most important is the decision being made in your heart. So I invite you to pray this prayer with me as we simply say together, Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my life today and be my Lord, my Savior. And I'm saying in this moment that I give you my life, all of it, every area of my life. I will trust you with everything and I will serve you and I will follow you with the rest of my life. Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart to rescue me, save me from my sin, to forgive me of any wrong that I've ever done. And I thank you today for this gift of your grace, having this opportunity to, to accept you as my Savior. I thank you for loving me and making me a new creation right now, making me your child, giving me a fresh start in life today. Thank you, Jesus, for this, for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's exciting. And um, if you're here and you, you uh, made a decision for Christ and didn't stand, that's okay too. And, and Oftentimes, people communicate with us on those, on those connection cards, and we follow up with them and, uh, and, and uh, learn their story. And as you can tell, 
a lot of our new believers are, are, are coming to us saying, I'd like to be baptized. And so we look forward to a lot more baptisms in uh, 2016. Okay, a couple more things. Uh, one, before we, we're, we're almost going to do the offering, we're going to do the offering while we sing, in case, in case you're wondering where I'm going with this. Um, if you have Hub City tickets, all the tickets are, go are gone. They're all out. Uh, 6,000 of them. So if you, have, if you have tickets that you're not going to use or you know someone who's not going to use them, uh, we, we need them. We would love to have them. And uh, if you have them on you today, leave them at the info center out there in the atrium. Graham Perry will be out there after church. Leave them with Pastor Graham. And uh, there will be people who will be calling looking for tickets, and uh, we don't, we'd rather not have any empty seats. We want to pack the place out. So if you have extra tickets, even if you bring them in tomorrow, uh, bring them in because there are people who want uh, to get those tickets, okay? Christmas offering, we're going to uh, invite you and your family to come forward and present your Christmas offerings together, uh, these envelopes. And so there are three uh, large I don't know if they're baskets or bo bo they're baskets. Three large baskets. There's one over here. There's one here. There's one over there. There are two in the balcony. They're black in the balcony, in case you're looking. And uh, nothing personal balconies, just the only color we had was black. And so as we sing and worship this next song, bring your gift forward and, and, and place it in the Christmas offering. And, uh, and, and be... As, as you do that act of worship, remember, be thinking about Hub City. And, and offerings like this help us to do things like Hub City for free and the Easter Bunny Blast for free and lives being changed for eternity. That's what we're doing here. So uh, God bless you as you give. And um, if you want to stay in worship with us, feel free. And if you want to leave, um, you're free to do that as well. You are dismissed. But let's, uh, let's all stand together and let's worship together with this closing song and come bring your Christmas offering. God bless you as you give.